Repeat after me, please. Dear God, thank you for being with me in this time. Bless my life with your word. Help me to understand it, to believe it, and to live it. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Water is essential to life. It is said that a person can survive only about three to five days without water. After the first day of, of not having water, a person is thirsty, maybe slightly sluggish. But after three to five days, a person will start to have organ and cell deterioration. Water is essential. We need to keep ourselves hydrated so we stay healthy and so we are function well. But water has a lot of other important uses in our world, right? We use it to cook and to clean and to bathe and, and to do so many things. Today we're going to see one of the most important uses for water, and that is baptism. As we continue in our Gospel of Matthew series, we're actually going to skip the, the end of chapter 1, and we're going to skip chapter 2, because those are about the birth of Jesus, and we're going to pick those up during the Advent season. And so we're jumping today over to Matthew chapter 3, and I want us to look at some important aspects about this passage. I want us to understand today why, or what baptism is, why we baptize, and why Jesus chose to be baptized before he began his ministry. So those of you who have been baptized, I want you to reflect on your own baptismal vows and how important that was to you and what that means to your life as a Christ follower. If you've never been baptized, and hopefully you'll learn more about that today, and, and if you would like to talk to me about it, I would love to talk to you about what baptism is and why it's important to be baptized. And so we start with the question, what is baptism? And we see that baptism is a sign of the initiation by which we are received into the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, verses 4 to 6, and when you see the yellow part, please read that with me. It says, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We know that baptism was given to us as a sacrament given by God, as Jesus himself was baptized. Baptism is a reminder of the cleansing that God does when we accept Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, meaning that it confirms that our sins are abolished and washed away in Christ. The truth is that God does wash our way, wash away our sins to the sacrifice on our behalf by Jesus dying on the cross. Because it is the initiation of being received in the body of Christ, in the Reformed tradition, we believe that not only adults should be baptized, but children and infants should be baptized as well. Since all of sin and fall short, fall, fall short of the glory of God, all, this includes all, this includes adults, this includes children, this includes infants. When Adam and Eve sinned, sin was brought into the world. When we are born, we are born into this sinfulness. We are born with a sinful nature and fall into this category of sinners. So in baptism, our sin is washed away as we are baptized and clothe ourselves with Christ. 
Christ. In, baptized, in baptism, those who are adults make a pledge to follow Christ and to walk with Christ and to live as people who are free from their sin, not as people who are slaves to their sin. Those who are babies have their parents claim this promise that in Christ they have been chosen and saved. Because baptism is not salvific, meaning that we are not saved by baptism, but rather we participate in the ceremony that talks about God claiming us and sealing us as his people belonging to him. We see that baptism then is not just something that happens physically on the physical level, but it's something that happens spiritually. On the physical, we see the water being poured and, and we see the words being spoken, but it is even more deep and profound in the spiritual sense. The spiritual aspect is not seen by the eyes, but experienced in faith. And so we ask the question, why do we baptize? Now, the obvious answer would be because it is a sacrament, because it was instituted by Christ. But it goes deeper than that. And that is when we are baptized, we are adopted into the family of God. Apostle Paul says to us in Romans 8, 14 and 15, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption. As children of God, we are to act differently. For example, because of my faith in Christ, not only am I led to be a follower of Christ, but I taught that to my children. And I expected that they would follow Christ as well. And I guided them, and I nurtured them, and I taught them. And at a certain point in their lives, Tyler and Tiffany accepted Jesus as their Savior and as their Lord. And in that time, they began to make their own decisions as Christ followers. So parents are important in the act of baptism when children and infants are concerned. So we ask important questions when we baptize children. We ask the parents these two questions. Do you desire that your child be baptized? And then the second question is relying on God's grace. Do you promise to live that Christian faith and to teach that faith to your children? The parents there are to, to guide and to nurture and exemplify the Christian lifestyle so that their children can understand who Christ is and what role Christ is to play in their lives. At some point, the children then will have the opportunity to accept Jesus as their Savior and Lord. See, baptism calls to mind and renews the great favor that God has shown to us. Now, it's a great favor because we don't deserve the forgiveness of our sins. And so God shows us his favor in forgiving us our sins. We can't wash away our own sins. And so we baptize those whom are called to receive this favor of God. Another important aspect of baptizing little ch children is that Christ died for all, adults and children alike. Our redemption is found in the blood of Christ and the gift of faith given to us by the Holy Spirit. This gift doesn't start when we're adults. It starts even when we're young, when we're children. God can begin to touch us with his Holy Spirit and draw us to himself. And so therefore, children of believers are to be distinguished by baptism as those in the Old Testament were distinguished by circumcision. Baptism is to be done only once in our lifetime. I've had many people try to uh, talk to me about rebaptizing them. They, 
They say things like, well, I changed denominations, I'm in a new denomination, so I want to get rebaptized. Or they'll say, or they'll change denominations, and one denomination doesn't recognize the baptism of another denomination, and so they say, you need to be rebaptized. Or they say, well, I don't remember my baptism because I was so young, and I, and I want to be rebaptized so I can remember. But see, the effect and the power of baptism is not in the remembering, but in the fact that the Lord is over it and has anointed it. So baptism only needs to happen once and is sufficient no matter what age you are. As we come to Matthew chapter 3, we see that Jesus is getting ready to begin his ministry. And he comes to the place where John the Baptist is baptizing people. Now, let's first reflect for a moment why John the Baptist is doing this. John, from birth, was prepared to be the preparer of Jesus' coming. It had been foretold. In Isaiah chapter 40, 40 verse 3, it talks about the one who will prepare the way for Jesus. And Jesus, uh, John the Baptist is the answer to this prophecy. And so John has come, and he is baptizing people with water, and he is saying this to them. He says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He is preparing them for when Jesus will come and baptize not with water, but to baptize with the Holy Spirit. See, even back then, water was representative of washing away people's sins, but it was seen as temporary. It was seen as temporary because there was the need for the baptizing of the Holy Spirit. Just like we wash our hands and our hands are clean, right? And then in time, our hands get dirty again. So baptism with water, in a sense, is temporary because... We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, too, and that is what Jesus also brings to us. So Jesus comes to John the Baptist and, and asks to be baptized by him, and, and John the Baptist is like, I, how can I baptize you? I know you are one who is greater than me, more powerful than me, more authority than me. How can I baptize you? And Jesus responds to him saying, by why this is true, this time is right for you to baptize me, for me to take a lower place, the one being baptized, because it is part of the preparation of my ministry, Jesus is saying. It is also the way that Jesus will inaugurate, inaugurate the fulfilling of righteousness. Now, when Jesus talks about righteousness in this passage, he's not talking about being a good person, but he's talking about living in obedience to God, and so as John the Baptist has been appointed to do this, both he and Jesus are fulfilling the will of God by Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist. He is also identifying with those who are sinners. While Jesus was sinless, he is humbling himself in order to fulfill his mission where he ultimately will die for sinners. And so he's humbling himself, he's receiving baptism, as a sign to say, you, when you receive me as your Savior and Lord, you need to be baptized as well. I want you to think for a moment that you have a young child, and this young child goes out to play one day, and while your child's out playing, it begins to rain. And your child takes a, a while to come ba back in, as children will do, right? Just because it starts raining doesn't mean they, they come in. And when your child finally comes back in, you notice that your child is covered with mud. Now, you don't just let your 
child walk in your house and walk all around your house and spread mud all around your house. You don't let your child go over to the couch and sit there and watch TV covered in mud, right? You take off your child's clothes and you, you wipe your child clean and then you send him to the, the bath or the shower to get even more clean, right? See, this is what it is like for us when we are baptized to signify the washing away of the, the muddy sin that covers our body. But the situation goes deeper because when your child came to the door, you recognized that your child was wearing nice clothes. Clothes that your child was not supposed to play in. Clothes that you told your child many times, no, you are not to play in those clothes. But your child chose to not listen to you and put on those clothes and went out and played in the mud. And now those clothes are ruined. Something that a bath or water can't take care of, right? Your child has been disobedient. Your child has sinned. The water will not fix this part of the situation. See, we need to understand that the water of baptism is not what cleanses us from our sin, and the water does not give us salvation. These things are not accomplished by the pouring of water over our bodies. Even more, the water does not retain the power to cleanse and regenerate and renew. The water leads us to the knowledge of these wonderful gifts of God, that in God we can be renewed and regenerated and cleansed because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is because Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead that we can be led into this opportunity to receive the cleansing and renewal and the new life that is offered to us in Jesus Christ. Yet baptism is more than just the water. The water is the visible aspect of what is being done. When we are, are baptized, in that ceremony, in that celebration, we are anointed with the Holy Spirit. You see in Matthew 3, 16 to 17, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. When Jesus was baptized, we see that the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. So too, when we are baptized, God alights us with his Holy Spirit fills us with his Holy Spirit, anoints us with his Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus was anointed to go and to do his ministry, so we are anointed with the Spirit that fully cleanses us from our sin and prepares us and, and enables us to do the ministry and the work that God calls us to do as his followers. Baptism is one such event where God's Spirit anoints us in a unique and a powerful way. As most of you know, my, uh, my son Tyler just graduated from Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, electrical engineer, just got a job at Northrop Grumman. Yes, I am boasting, okay. <laughs> but what, what is so wonderful is that at that time of graduation, many in our family went to support him. And we had a celebration, and then we went to his graduation to support him in this great, great work that he did, right? But even more than that, Tyler knows that if he ever falls into a challenge or hardship, if he's struggling or suffering, 
His family is there for him in the good and the bad times because that's what families do for each other, right? We support one another. The baptismal service is to be a corporate event as it reminds us of this important fact that we are part of the family of God. Our spiritual family is there for us in good times and bad times. It's a reminder that we are not alone as Christ followers. We have a whole family of God there to be with us and to support us. That is why when you do a baptism, you ask the congregation this question, do you as members of the Church of Jesus Christ promise to guide and nurture, and then you say the person's name, by word and deed, with love and prayer, encouraging him or her to know and follow Christ and to be a faithful member of his church. Baptism not only connects us to God through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it connects us to God's people. And so, in this corporate event, we make a commitment. We make a commitment to help the baptized grow in their faith. Doesn't matter what age they are, we are making a commitment to make sure that everyone is growing in their faith. We're supposed to sharpen one another. We're supposed to challenge one another, encourage one another to grow in our faith. Secondly, we, we help people and we nurture them, right? We nurture them in their lives and all that's going on in their lives. That we come alongside one another as the family of God. We make a commitment to encourage one another in spiritual growth. And we promise to be there for each other. What a great commitment this is that we make together as the family of God. See, baptism is to be a part of a worship service because it is a worship event. It is worshiping God with God's people in celebration of what God has done in this person's life, bringing them to salvation in Jesus Christ. The story of a dad who was working at home one day. He was sitting there in the living room and he looked outside and he saw the rain and he was glad that he didn't have to be in the rain. But as he looked out through the window at the rain, he saw that his young son was coming up the walkway, coming home from school. He was drenched in water. So the dad ran to the door and opened the door and when the son saw the door open, the, the son ran up to the house. And the father said to the son, why didn't you ride your bike to school? You could have ridden home faster and not been as wet. And the son said, well, my bike has a flat tire. And as soon as the son said that, the father realized that his son, about a week ago, had asked him to fix his flat tire, and he had forgotten, and he had not fixed it. And so he said to his son, why didn't you remind me when I didn't do it? The son says, oh, Dad, I know how busy you are. I didn't want to bother you again. See, for the dad, it was just one more thing on his to-do list to get done. But for the son, it meant that he had to walk home in the rain. And it meant that he had trusted his dad to do something, and his dad hadn't followed through. See, baptism is more than just having water sprinkled on us, and a minister saying some words. Baptism is more than God's reminder that we have been cleansed from our sin. Baptism connects us to God and connects us to God's people in the deepest of ways. As the family of God, baptism should remind us that we are never too busy for one another. 
We're never too busy to be there when others have needs. We're never too busy to support one another. We're never too busy to, to read the Bible together or to challenge one another growing in our faith. We're there for each other as the family of God. See, it should also get us excited to want to see those who are in the world and don't know Jesus, to come to know Jesus so that they can be saved and that they can be baptized in the name of Christ. See, we, we live in a world where so many people are looking for community, where so many people are looking for connection. What better place for community and connection than the church? There's nothing so exciting than to see someone come to faith in Jesus Christ and to have them stand in front of the congregation and to baptize them and to participate together as a family of God in this wonderful ceremony. I hope that we see many baptisms happen in the next year because that is very, very exciting for a church to experience. I pray that we will all remember our baptismal vows and how we were cleansed by God and how we are connected by God and through our baptism, we are connected to God's people and to the work that God calls us to do. Through baptism, we receive the call to be obedient and to live for God. May we do that faithfully as God's people. Let us pray.